0: Come on, do you love the Lord today? We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Great to be in church today. Why don't you look at somebody next to you and say, you look good. Some of you didn't want to do it. You can pray about it later. Don't worry. We'll we'll repent about it later. Confess all our sins. Amen. Great to be in the house of the Lord. I'm thankful for God's goodness. I'm Adam Solorio, for those of you who don't know me, but I'm thankful. This just feels like home to me. Is it all right if I feel like home here? Is this okay? Feels like home to me. Thankful to be here and um, thankful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, I believe the Lord has something to say to me. Do you believe that? How many knows that we have no lack of God speaking to us? Is that right? We have no lack of God speaking to us. The Bible says, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the church. There's no lack of God speaking. There's a lack of me hearing, and I want to be able to hear what the Lord has to say to me today. Do you feel like that today? Amen. Why don't you just lift your hands with me? Let's ask the Lord to speak to us. Jesus, we need you today. Lord, we're so thankful for your goodness. We're so thankful for your people and for your presence and for this place that you brought us to this morning. I pray that your word and your spirit would work together and that you would speak to our hearts. Draw us closer to you, I pray. Bypass my carnal mind and minister to us today through the power of your spirit, I ask in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said amen. 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 Grab your Bible with me, if you will. Great to be here today. I uh, love this church and uh, love my pastor. Do you love... Uh, bishop suey and pastor jeremy why don't you i know they're not here but let them know (laughs) amen i love them one of my uh, closest friends and uh my bishop and um, i appreciate them both miss them when they're not here but i get to be here to worship with you so uh what do you say we look to the word of the lord is that all right if i preach for just a little bit here this morning i won't be too long i know you've got crock pots going i don't want anybody's crock pot to burn i know There'll be a line at cracker barrel. I don't want to make any of that happen to anybody, but I just made somebody hungry, didn't I? Yeah. Anybody else got biscuits on your mind? <laughs> Amen. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. And I want to read the first 7 verses of Genesis chapter 3. How many knows we serve a limitless God? Limitless God. Look at somebody next to you say, limitless. Limitless God. No limits on him. We serve a limitless God. Genesis 3 and verse 1, if you have it, say amen. amen, amen. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Let me just say right there, how many know is that still the way the devil whispers at people today? You know that? You know the devil still whispers at people today? Well, did God really mean? Are you sure that that's what the Bible said? Did God really say? And, and it is that seed of doubt that Satan plants in Eve's heart. Has God indeed said And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. And then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Let me say amen. amen. So I want to preach to you from, from this text. And I believe the Lord spoke to me uh, in, a, in a deep and powerful way um, about this text. And I, I pray, this is the only way I know how to do it, is I let the Lord talk to me. And then I just share with you whatever the Lord has moved on me. And I pray, Brother Kevin, that the Lord does the same thing for us that he did to me. How many want to hear what the Lord has to say? I want to talk to you about our limitless God this morning. Can you go to the, can we go to the Lord one more time in prayer? Jesus, we need you today. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be open. I pray that our spirits would be open. I pray that your word and your spirit would work together and that you would minister to us today. Let us hear words of life. Let us hear what we need today. I ask it in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. 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 You may be seated. Come on, that's a funny joke. That's funny to say. Because you're already sitting. Never mind, it's all right. In the beginning, God. I like how the Bible starts. It starts, Brother Bill, in the beginning, God. It makes no uh, explanation. He needs no explanation. He has no introductory comments. The scriptures simply begin by asserting the reality of his existence and what our existence means in relationship to his. It just begins in the beginning God. How many knows that if God isn't at the beginning of something, you probably don't want to be a part of it. Is that all right? I want God to be in whatever I'm going to get in. I want God to be the origin and the creator and the designer and the initiator of anything that I'm going to be a part of. Friend, if we're going to do it in our life, if you're uh, in your marriage, in your family, in the workplace, is it okay if I preach a little bit this morning? It doesn't matter what you're going to start or where you're going to begin, if you're going to go to school or if you're going to take a new job or if there is a new endeavor or if we're going to make a move or if there's a new ministry role we're stepping into or if there's a ministry role we're stepping out of or if there is a calling that we feel that we should engage ourselves in or a calling that we feel we should remove ourselves from no matter where it is that the change is coming or no matter what it is in our life you better make sure that in the beginning God because if it doesn't start from God it's got nothing to sustain it if it doesn't begin with him you've got no promise in its origin if God is not the designer and the creator and the sustainer friend then you've got no promise that anything you're doing is going to work as far as I'm concerned no matter what it is we're going to be involved in friend in the beginning let it be God let it be God that starts me off let it be God that opens the door let it be God that promotes me let it be God that leads me in the beginning God look at somebody say God And so the Bible doesn't explain him. The Bible doesn't begin with introductory comments. The scriptures simply begin by asserting the reality of his existence. In the beginning, God. He is the God who was and is and is to come. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 tells us that God made man to bear his image and his likeness. Genesis 1:26 then God said, "Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness; let them have Dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And so we bear his image and his likeness. We bear his image, and our lives are shaped by his likeness. Man was given dominion. Why? Because God, He said, We're gonna make man in our image and in our likeness. So the first thing He said, I'm gonna have to do is I'm gonna have to give man dominion over something. Why? Because that is the likeness and the image of God. Because God has dominion over things. God has dominion, Brother Bill, over the earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. And so God has dominion. And so he said, if man is going to bear my image and my likeness, that man is going to have to have dominion over some things. Boy, I wish I could preach a little while on that. How many knows that you have dominion in your life through the power of the Holy Ghost? That there is dominion in the spirit that you've been given. Genesis says it right there. From the very first chapter, man has been given dominion over certain things. And yet, despite our likeness to him, we bear his image. I'm going to try and hurry today. There's a lot I could get sidetracked with. But yet, despite our likeness to him, and despite the image that we bear, we've been given dominion like him, and we bear his image and likeness. But yet, despite all of that, we are still not God. This is a great opportunity right now. Look at the person sitting next to you and say, "You're not God." <laughs> Some of you husbands and wives just took a real big. I mean, just look at a teenager and say, "You're not God. You're not God. You don't. You don't. Uh, uh, you don't have." God's authority. You don't have God's power. You bear the image and likeness of God, but you are not God. How many knows foundational to having a Christian worldview is understanding that God is God and I am not? That's the foundation of it all. God is God and I am not. There is a God, there is a me. He's God and I'm not him. And so God is God and I am not. So despite our likeness, despite the image that we bear, we are not God. God. We're going somewhere. Are you still with me? Is is this all right so far this morning? And so the serpent came up to Eve. And the Bible says in our text this morning in Genesis chapter 3 that the serpent offered Eve the lie that she could go beyond bearing the image and likeness of God and that she could become like God. You catching that? The distinction there? That she could go. He said Did God really say you can't eat of that fruit? And she said, yeah, God said we can't eat of it or touch it lest we die. And he said, well, I'll tell you why. He said, you're not really going to die. He said that God, he told, this is what the serpent told Eve. He said, God knows that in the day you eat of it, you'll become like him. What she forgot was that she already was like him. What she forgot was that she already bore his image and his likeness. But the serpent offered her something more than what God offered her. Something that she could never fully manifest. Something she could never fully inhabit. The serpent said, you'll be like God. Watch this. Knowing good and evil. You will be like God. And you will be the one to decide what is right and what is wrong. You, if you eat of that tree of, watch it, watch what the fruit was of that tree. People say it was an apple and it was a pear or it was whatever, you know. It doesn't, it's not the fruit that matters. The problem is it was the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Are you with me so far? I'm going slow here. We're getting somewhere. The fruit that they were told not to eat of. But for it, it was the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And the serpent told the serpent told Eve that if you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. You'll see things as they really are. You'll know things like God knows them. And you will know, you'll be like God knowing good and evil. Guess what, Eve? He doesn't want you to eat of that fruit because as soon as you eat of that fruit, you will hold the measuring tape and not God. Is this all right this morning? Are we doing okay? That he said, here's what's gonna happen, Eve. As soon as you eat of that fruit, suddenly you get to decide what fits and what doesn't. You get to know. You'll be able to see clearly. And the reason I thought of this measuring tape was because I was around a guy several weeks ago, and have you ever been around that guy that's got has got the pliers and the measuring tape, you know? And as soon as you start talking about something, pop right off the hip, like you know, right there. And all of a sudden, boy, that's out. And he's, I don't know, we got what do we got here? We got a six-inch no, yeah, six-inch drop, and all of a sudden he's saying, no, I don't think we can do well. We'll fit well. We'd have to use two boards if we did that. We're uh, right. What can we do? Figuring out what's going to work, what's going to fit. How are we going to, how are we going to organize our world? How are we going to organize our lives? Suddenly we hold the measuring tape. And so he told Eve, he said, guess what? He said, the reason God doesn't want you to eat of that fruit is because you will become like him. He doesn't want you to rival him. She believed the lie that it was possible for her to rival God. That it was possible for her to be the deciding factor between what was good and what was evil, between what would measure up and what wouldn't measure up, between what would fit and what wouldn't fit. The opportunity for God. So she took of the fruit. The serpent offered Eve the lie that she could go beyond bearing the image of God and she could become like God. Beyond just a reflection but that she could equal or even rival God. So she took of the fruit because the truth of the matter is the opportunity for God likeness is simply too great an offer for most of our hearts to resist. And so it has been ever since the fall of man that human beings created to bear the image of God. Instead, we aspire to become like God. We are designed to reflect his glory, but instead we choose to rival his glory. We want to be like him, knowing good and evil, determining the measurements and the limits of the world that we inhabit. And the first thing that they did after they took of the fruit, the first thing they did when their eyes were open was to set self-prescribed limits on their bodily modesty in the form of fig leaf aprons. The first thing they did was all of a sudden, the Bible says they realized they were naked and they were ashamed. And so they said, well, better get out the measuring tape and let's go grab some fig leaves and let's decide what's good and what's bad now, what's evil and what's right, uh, what's moral and what's immoral. They saw, The first thing they did was they decided to set self-prescribed limits on what was appropriate in their life. Uh, I want to tell you something, friend. Ultimately, all our rebellion, all of our pride, all of our self-willed behaviors, they are attempts to avoid the measuring tape of God's righteousness. They are desires to avoid the measuring tape and the eye and the knowledge of the one true living God. Ultimately, everything we do out of self-will and out of rebellion and out of pride is an attempt to rival the influence and the power of God in our lives. That's why the Bible says that rebellion is a lot like witchcraft because it's an attempt to dethrone God and to enthrone ourselves and say, I know, listen, friend, I know what's good for my life. I'm just looking out, friend. I'm not talking to anybody this morning. I know what fits in my life. I know what's right and wrong. I know what's going to be okay. I know what fits and what I can do. But you need to understand something, friend. You are a limited, finite, mutable creature and you serve a limitless, infinite, eternal God. He's got an eye that you don't have have. He's got knowledge that you don't have. He's got power that you don't have. You serve a limitless God. Oh, someone ought to praise him right now. Do you feel what I feel? they used to say on the south side, I feel my help coming. Is it all right if I preach a little bit in the house today? Let me tell you something, friend. There is a document in the files of the Cook County Courthouse, and it's dated Thursday, September 11th, 1980, and it is the first piece of evidence. It is the first demonstrable evidence. It is a legal record attesting to the fact that I am not God because it has the day of my birth and the time of my birth, and it has how much I weighed and how many inches long I was and it is evidentiary demonstrable fact that I'm not God that I feel the Holy Ghost in the house right now. Friend it testifies to the fact that I have a beginning and that I am measurable and that I'm going to have an ending someday but I came to remind the church in 2023 that you serve a God who has no beginning and he has no ending and there is no limit uh, to the power of his life oh I wish someone felt what I feel Ah, I am weighable I am quantifiable I am measurable I am definable and you are too but I came to remind us today that you serve an infinite immeasurable limitless God who is beyond the boundaries of this natural world he knows more he sees more he can do more than you or I ever could you serve a limitless God Lift your hands with me right now. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, yes. Anybody feel what I'm feeling? I need to settle down. You're not supposed to preach like this on a Sunday morning. God is limitless. I'm going to look at somebody and say, he's going to settle down. He's gonna... uh, Can I have maybe five or ten more minutes? Is this okay? God is limitless. And he is infinite, he is immeasurable, he is eternal, and he is immutable. That word immutable means God cannot change. You lie to yourself, you let the devil lie to you, you let the world lie to you, brother Rick. When we tell ourselves, that's just who I am, I guess I can't change. I get, Listen, friend, the devil is a liar. You're not God, you can change. You're not God, you can make a difference. I wish I had some. I say, you're not God. You can change. God is immutable. God is eternal. He never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But you and I, we can change. We can grow. We can learn. But God never changes. And God is limitless. He can't be defined see all of our pride all of our rebellion all of our self-will it is attempts for us uh, to grab the measuring tape out of God's hands and to say that's mine now I get to decide I get to know I have the knowledge now of good and evil I get to decide what fits and we look at certain relationships in our life and we say yeah I think that we look at folks and we say, yeah, I think that'll fit. And God is saying, no, no, no. Give me that tape measure back. And then we look at certain jobs in our lives and we say, you know what? That would be good for me. And I can make all kinds of money and I could have all kinds of access. God's saying, no, no, no. I know some things that are going to happen there and it'll take you down a road. And God is holding up. And we say, give me that tape. I'll measure what's going on in my life. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? Am I talking to anybody in the house? We want to take the tape measure out of God's hand because I've eaten of the fruit and i know know what's good and i know what's evil and i've eaten of the fruit and i've become like god and i get to decide what fits in my life and what doesn't friend i want to tell you god is so much bigger and so much greater you'd be better off just putting that tape right back in his hand and letting him be the one to order the hey how many knows the steps of a good man are ordered of the lord i I want God holding the tape I want God swinging the hammer I want God pulling the levers I want God behind the wheel can I say it any other way I want God leading my life I want God holding the tape I don't want to hold the tape. Uh, Job's companions. Oh, can I preach a little while? Is this okay? Job chapter 11, verse 7. Job's companion so far expresses our dilemma. He says this. He says, can you find out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limits uh, of the Almighty? These are rhetorical questions. He's saying, you can't search. the, You can't measure God. Can you find out the limits of the Almighty? I'll tell you what it is. It is higher than the heavens. Uh, what can you do? Whoa! <laughs> oh! I wish someone felt what I feel. It's higher than the heavens. What can you do? It is deeper than Sheol. What can you know? Its measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. God's too big. What's he saying? God's too big for you to get your hands around. He's too big to measure. He's too big for you to control. He's too big for you to say who's welcome and who's not. He's too big for you to say who can be saved and who can't. He's too... He's too big for all your little ideas uh, and all your little proclivities uh, and all your little notions uh, about what he can and cannot do. I came to tell you the devil is a liar, there's nothing our God can do, there's no one he can't save. Hello. The psalmist David praises the infinitude of God's greatness. In Psalm 145 and 3, David says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. There's no way for you to get to the end of it. There's no way for you to finally say, I'll get this all figured out. I'll finally get my head around it. No, his greatness, he says, is unsearchable. Solomon acknowledges the limitlessness of God. In 1 Kings chapter 8 and verse 27, when Solomon says, But will God indeed dwell on the earth? He said, Behold, heaven and the highest of heavens cannot contain you. How much less this temple which I have built? I wish someone had the spirit of Solomon today and said, What am I? Who am I to think that in my little puny house, in my little puny world? who am I to think that in all of my designs and my intentions and all that I've put together trying to measure out and fix my own life, who am I to think that I can confine God in my life to just what I was able to put a tape on, how can I contain Him God is limitless, He's immeasurable, He is beyond our own power Anybody want to thank him right now? Anybody want to worship him for that? Oh, praise God. Isaiah chapter 40. I'm trying to hurry. Is this all right? Isaiah chapter 40. He says this in Isaiah 40, 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span span from his pinky to his thumb God was able to look at all of the universe and just say yeah that'll do right. Right. and calculated the dust of the earth in a measure and he weighed the mountains in the scales and the hills in a balance Hallelujah. he says let me ask you this in verse 13 if God can measure all of that who has measured him? Who has measured the spirit of the Lord or what man shows him counsel? If we serve the God who measures everything, who am I to think that I get to hold the tape? You don't get to measure him. Who has measured God? I'm getting, listen, I'm almost done. I'm getting to what, I, I said all that to get to here. Okay, are you with me? That's a lot of runway, I know. Who has measured God? No one. That's the answer of Scripture. Who has measured God, Brother Cooper? No one. Nobody. What does God measure? He says the heavens and the mountains and the everything. Who gets to hold the tape up to God? Nobody. What does God hold the tape up to? Everything. What does he count Everything. What does He measure? Everything. What does He weigh? Everything. You say, tell me, someone, tell me. See, that's that's what it is. That's what we really want. We really want to be immeasurable like God. But I want to ask you this: Are you ready for this? Here's the question: We ask ourselves, and we ask others, and we ask created things. To be limitlessly available and limitlessly satisfying for our needs and for our wants. We ask created things, measurable things, finite things to do and to be what only the uncreated, unlimited, immeasurable God can do. Let me tell you something, your husband and wife, they cannot be limitlessly satisfying for you your brother and your sister your siblings they will not be they will not be limitlessly and unfailingly there for you your parents your spouse your children your siblings, your friends, your co workers. We ask our money, we ask our house, we ask our health, we ask our physical bodies. And so we strive and we work and we do all that we can to make sure that our body and our money and our health and our friends and our relationships and our workplace and our family, and we sacrifice all kind of things because we want those things to be limitlessly satisfying. We want them to. To be infinite. We don't want them to pass away. We want them to sustain us. And friend, I think we've forgotten that the only way to have a real hope, the only way to find real peace is to anchor yourself to the one thing that is truly limitless and infinite and eternally satisfying, the one source of joy and peace and righteousness the one thing that can truly satisfy is our limitless God we're asking created things to do what only the creator is able to do but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory I have good news for you in all of this because he is immeasurable and we are measurable because we are finite and he is infinite because we are limited and measurable beings and he is limitless that means everything that issues from us and circles around us is also limited and finite and measurable that means everything that comes from me, Brother Bill, and everything that issues around me is also limited and finite, and it is measurable. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Everything that God counts, he controls. Everything that, everything God can measure, he can manage. I came to Here's what I came to preach. Can you hear me right now in the Holy Ghost? There's somebody that in your spirit this morning, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong right now. There's somebody that have you've convinced yourself uh, and you believe the whispered lie of the devil that your sorrows are immeasurable and your suffering is limitless uh, and that you're finally going to go under. But I came to tell you, I came to rebuke that in Jesus' name and tell you if God can count it, uh, God can control it, uh, that... I want to tell you something. Everything God counts, he controls. Everything he measures, he can manage. That means your suffering is not infinite. That means that God is counting. They are being measured. There was a beginning. And there will be an end in Jesus' name. I want to tell somebody that your sorrows are finite. They are countable. They are containable. They are, listen, Psalm chapter 5. He said, all my tears are recorded in your book you put my tears in your bottle I want to preach to somebody today if they came from you they can stop with you if God can count them God can control them your suffering is not limitless your sorrow is not limitless your fears are not eternal on oh I wish someone felt what I feel This may be, is it all right? Is it all right in this house today if this is for one person? Why don't you lift your hand if that's okay with you. Say, Jesus, speak to us. This might be for one person in here that needs to be reminded God is in control. I said God is in control. You serve a limitless God. Can I tell you something? He's measuring He's measuring your sorrows. He's measuring your suffering. He's collecting your tears. He's weighing them. He's got them in a bottle. He's collecting your prayers. You know what else? He's measuring your sins. Right. Ooh, come on. Oh yes. Oh yes, he's measuring our sins, but can I remind you that his immeasurable grace exceeds yes. them all? Woo. Mercifully, our sins are finite in number because they are the product of our finite being. Romans 5 and 20, tell you say, show me in the book. I will show you in the book. Uh. Romans 5:20 says, where sin did abound, great. Come here, Brother Kevin. Help me out real quick. Help me out real quick. So here's what that means. You got to get the picture of this. He said where sin did abound. Okay. So let's see. Let's just measure his head. Okay. <laughs> Michelle would. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. No, just <laughs> it needs to be smaller than it is. I don't know. He's got a big head. No, he's not proud. Isn't Brother Kevin a great guy? He's Love a great guy. So we're, we're going to measure him. At 20 inches across, and God says, I see all that sin. I see all 20, 21 inches of that sin. But Romans 5 tells me that where sin did abound, that God comes along with his tape and says, grace. Right, Right. (laughs) Oh, oh, there you go. How how much grace do you need to cover all? wrap that around him if he wanted friend what am i trying to help you understand i'm trying to help you understand that you are not beyond his grace that you are not beyond his reach that your sorrows are not infinite that god is greater than anything that comes from you they can come to the music i've got to quit romans 4 7 and 8 he does not count our sins against us why because of jesus christ he says in Romans 4, Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven right. and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Right. Oh, how many is thankful that he's... <laughs> not only does he have way more grace then you have sin, But what that tells me is, is that when he looks at your life and you stand before the throne of Jesus Christ, he's gonna look at you, come here, and he's gonna, here's that tape, and it's time to measure. He's gonna say, wait a second, I see the blood of Jesus on you. And Romans says that what he's gonna do is, when he sees the blood of Jesus, He's just gonna leave that tape holstered, and it says he does not count our sins against us. He's not even gonna pull out the tape because he said you carry the name of Jesus Christ. I'm gonna pull it out. Counts not our sin against us, and in Philippians three. Verse 7, he calls us to reevaluate the measures of our human success, how we measure our life. Philippians 3 and 7, he says, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, he says, I count everything as loss. Why? What makes a man so intelligent, so educated, so accomplished, what is it that can make a man count everything as loss? Because of the surpassing worth, the infinite, limitless, immeasurable worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things. And when I count them, I measure up everything in this world that I've taken such pride in and then I measure it up against Jesus it's just trash it's all trash Brother Rick when I compare it to Jesus it's trash and I'll get rid of it all in order that I may gain Christ stand with me if you will all over the house I've got to quit you and I are limited we're finite we are measurable and that's a good thing because as much as we'd like to avoid his measure as much as we'd like to avoid his accounting we are fortunate because his immeasurable limitless his infinite nature is exactly what our limited nature needs Because he can measure my sorrows. He can also ease my sorrows. Because he can weigh my sins. He can also forgive my sins. Because he numbers my days. He can also order my days. Oh, praise God. I don't know how you feel right now, but I thank God for his limitlessness in your life and mine. Anybody thankful for that? Why don't you just lift your hand? Do you feel what I feel? Just lift your hand all over the house. He's an infinite God. He's a limitless God. For all my weakness and for all my limits, he's greater. You say, I don't know how we're gonna fi- meet this financial need. God knows. Don't you know he's a limitless God? You say, I don't know how we're going to, what about my health? What about what's going on in my loved one's health? My mom or my dad or my kids or my spouse? What about the health of their body? You say, I don't know how to do it. God does. Have you forgotten you serve a limitless God? How are we going to fix this financially? God knows. What about in our home? God knows. What about in our city? God knows. You are finite, but he is not. You serve a limitless God. Lift your hands to him right now all over the house. Anybody want to talk to Jesus right now? Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we need you. I think somebody wants to grab the hand of a loved one and come walk to this altar. I think somebody wants to come pray just take a moment and take all your fears and your sorrows and your sicknesses and your worries and your anxieties and your depressions and you want to just leave it in the hands of a limitless god anybody else want anybody in here i want to serve a limitless god i need to serve this god that's bigger than me stronger than me knows more than me that's it that's it maybe you want to Maybe you want to grab the hand of a loved one right where you're standing, right where you are in your pew. Just put your arm around somebody. Say, we need.